Welcome to TM Radio. I titled today's session, Our Final Destination, because what we're talking about is how True Mother's leadership is really pushing us to consider what the ideal world looks like substantially. We also talk about the headwing approach to addressing the serious political divide that we find ourselves in today. And we also talk about how True Mother's leadership is making space for the natural beauty of our lives to be the greatest witnessing tool that we have at our disposal. Welcome everybody to this sixth episode of TM Radio. I'm super excited to have some dear brothers and dear friends of ours joining today. We have Pastor Milhan Stevens and Pastor Justin Okamoto, who are both pastors in New York. Milhan's in New York City, Justin's in the Belvedere community. Why don't you both just say hello to everybody who's listening in today? Hello, everybody. <laughs> everyone good to be here <laughs> great so today we are reading a speech that true mother gave on july 3rd of 2022 this was a sunday service at quote the special heavenly korea leaders meeting while it's for korean leaders there's a lot of good content for us to delve into we're not going to be able to read the whole speech because it's long so please check it out if you want to get a little bit more into it but let's get started. True Mother starts with, we are living in an era in which Heavenly Parents' dream is being realized. Due to True Parents' endeavors, Chunwangung's Chanil Sanctum, where we can directly commune with and attend Heavenly Parent, will be dedicated in May next year. We cannot imagine how much good people around the world have longed until now to greet this day within God's protection and love. This one day when the providence of the channel sanctum will begin. And more so because of that, Heavenly Parent will continue to build up channel Guk in order to fulfill his dream on earth with his children, especially while true parents are still on the earth. Heavenly Parent created the natural world of all things in heaven and earth for his beloved children and blessed it to exist eternally. However, throughout our history following the fall, Amid ignorance and pain, it has seen great destruction at the hands of humankind. As a result, climate change is causing harm in all sorts of ways. I'm going to pause there because she's going to get more into this about some of the challenges we're facing, but that's already a lot of content to delve into. I think one thing I want to highlight that I'm discovering a lot in mother speeches this year is over and over and over the Chanwangung is mentioned. This is the new building that is being built in Changpyeong. And Shu Mother is mentioning it over and over. Here she's talking about the Channel Sanctum, which was recently earlier this year, it was finished. And Mother is just talking about how important this building is. And I think I'm on my own process of discovering what that means, but it's so important to her that I have to pay attention to it. And also over and over again, she's talking about this point that whatever we're working on, this is building towards the ideal world. It's really important to accomplish everything we can while true parents are on earth. I think realistically speaking, we know mother is getting up there in years. And I think that is probably something really on her heart and her mind. She's a mom, right? She's the mom of us all. So she has to think practically, and she's she's probably really worried about that. 
at the same time, she's like pushing us to be urgent about it, to recognize that time is limited and we have to take it really seriously. Just like when Jesus was alive on earth, so much could happen, right? Because Jesus was there. When Jesus passed away, things were more difficult because that central figure was no longer there on earth. Of course, look at Christianity now and it's grown and it's beautiful, but so much can happen while the central figure is on earth. And then she starts talking about some of the challenges. And I mean, I, I just got to say that I love that mother talks about climate change <laughs> because I feel like, of course, that's a dividing issue politically. And But with, even within our church, I think there have been strong feelings on either side about climate change, but particularly between generations it's been very divisive. Of course, we should have godism, we should have headwing thought where we can see all all sides of the equation, but mother's also very practical, you know. I think she's not she's not buying into the like overemphasized the end of the world is coming in 20 years kind of climate conversation, but she is very much recognizing that the climate is changing and that the world is suffering as a result of that and so we need to take care of the environment. She kind of sees that as our responsibility. And I think that's very like healing for uh, many people in our generation who have kind of felt like our, our elders, some of them are not accepting of the idea of climate change and what's happening to the world around us. So I love that mother just says it like it is, doesn't make it overcomplicated, doesn't make it political, but just says it like it is. Yeah, just these couple paragraphs have so much content. It's crazy. Like even the first line struck me like we're living in an era in which Heavenly Parents' dream is being realized. I feel like we hear that over and over again, but we never, it never like really sinks into our heart. We're living in an incredible time right now. Like <laughs> Heavenly Parents' dream is actually being realized for the first time in all of human history right now. And most people are totally oblivious to it. Like we often feel like the world is going in a bad direction, but True Mother is actually saying like, no, Actually, we're living in this incredible age in which Heavenly Parents' dream is being realized. Like everything that's happening is actually exactly what, in, in my mind, it's exactly what God needs to see happen in order to realize his dream. And it's incredible. So that was the first thing I noticed was like, absolutely. Like I'm seeing that in my life on a daily basis of just how God is working in my life and members of my, of the Belvedere community, you know, my relationship with Pastor Milhan. It's just, it's incredible. And yeah, this whole point about the Channel Sanctum, this building, uh, I definitely will admit that when I first heard that we were, we were building a new building in Chengpyeong, I immediately went to this place of great negativity. <laughs> I mean, my biggest concern was about the Japanese members. I just thought, oh, here's another project that our, we're, we're asking our Japanese members to bankroll. You know, I just, it just came, just all of the sacrifice and the suffering that comes along with that was strong inside of me. But, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy um, now that, you know, Japan cannot even send money to support that building. You know, we've got to figure out another way to make it happen. I feel like that happened, like God made that happen because God wants it, this to be something that is done in like full integrity, completely principled way where we're all supporting. We're not just leaving all the burden on the mother country. Yeah. Now I, I really feel kind of similar to you. Like I'm not 100% sure. I don't understand it completely, but true mothers obviously feels it's very important. And so I want to just kind of have that mind to keep listening, keep trying to understand. And also the same thing about climate change. It's definitely, I definitely feel like climate change is kind of a more feminine realm of thinking. 
you know, like we talk about like Mother Earth and things like that. And and when I'm when I think about the Republican and Democratic parties, I, I kind of feel like one is a little bit more feminine in nature and the other one's a little bit more masculine in nature. You know, they both have valid points, actually. It's just we don't want to like completely be unbalanced either way. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, like with father leading the movement, we became very, very much centered on like this masculine way of thinking of and, and very Republican in nature. Like, let's, let's just be honest about that, right? Yeah. And in mother's age, like we're seeing, especially a lot of second gen who are a little bit more liberal in their thinking and a lot of first gen looking at that, like, like as if there's something wrong with that. Mm. But actually, maybe this is just an age that we're living in. And I'm not saying that we need to go all the way that way or all the way the other way, but we need to eventually get to a point where we can come together and find that middle ground, that you know, heavenly parent viewpoint, not just heavenly father or heavenly mother, but really that heavenly parental viewpoint. And I think climate change is a valid concern. That was great. I mean, especially this point about, I totally agree, republicanism and liberalism, it does represent a yang and yin heart. And it's not like one is wrong or one is right, but the point is, how do we bring both of those points together? Leaning too far one side or thinking one person is right and one person is wrong inherently, there's no goodness that comes out of that, right? When a new administration comes in, you just change that and go back and forth and it's like pointless. But I think you're right. It's a very intriguing point that we're living in a certain time where I think within our own church too, right? This more yin approach to the government and the world and our policies needs to come in and be accepted, but it has to be in harmony and in unity. That's that's the challenge. I have to agree with you, Justin. This conversation can go in innumerable different ways because there's so much here. And I think that's kind of how mother likes to speak. She likes to pack it in, be very precise with her words. Everything she does, you can tell, has so much detail, so much precision. And that's what I appreciate about Mother. She can pack so much in such a short speech. So it does take, this is a valuable exercise right here. It's just, let's look at it sentence by sentence and also understand the heart where she's coming from. I'm with you, Kaylee. She doesn't have long. I think she's very keenly aware of that. And I think very simply, she's found a love. She's found God. She's found her father, you know, and she's just trying to preserve that somehow in a very substantial form. Chanagook Sanctum. I'm, I'm, what I'm excited about, because I'm kind of a spiritual guy. So when I think of the Chanagook Sanctum, I think less about the money, the cost of it, although that is, a, that is an important discussion. I just think of the, the significance of like a heavenly Congress. You know, you have all these associations, which Kaylee loves to, to work with and APF, I'm sure. <laughs> and, but the concept of having a heavenly brain, God, on the earth. I get excited about that. It's like the movie Inception, okay? How do you plant a dream and onto somebody else? That's the greatest challenge. We have such amnesia. We forget. We get inspired one moment and then we forget it the next. That's the, that's the challenge. How do you inspire humanity to come together despite our differences, our God-given differences? I'm with you. I, I've been always looking for maternal nature of the Democratic Party and more paternal nature of the Republican Party and seeing the beauty of that. And if they can find the common ground, these universal values, which are not obvious, but once we have those, my God, like we can, it's like we'll have mama and papa put together in a governance style that can prevent us from getting off track again. I, I do feel the sentiment about Japan in a way being a mother nation, getting a lot done. And uh, I, I see mother doing the same. It's, you know, if you want something said, talk to a man. If you want something done, talk to a woman. 
that's my experience. Uh, <laughs> that's my, uh, I love working with women because they get stuff done and they're great listeners. And generally speaking, Kayla, you're a great speaker too. So oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I'm so honored to be working with women. I have a whole journey with your mother. Uh, maybe, you know, my parents are in sanctuary church and so I was forced to understand very early on who she is, what she's, what her agenda is. And the more I studied these words, unfiltered, unadulterated, I fell in love with her immediately. I want my daughters to grow up to be like her. Uh, this confidence and to bring in God's true love into the world. That's where that's the mission right now. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, I think that's why I'm happy to have both of you here on one of these episodes, because I know you've each been on your own journey with True Mother. And I think the man's journey with True Mother is different than the woman's journey. And and they both need to be talked about and highlighted because we all grew up with father. And so we grew up with that amazing fatherly energy. And it really defined our movement, like you were saying, Justin. And so now I think we kind of have to work together to figure out how do we relate with this amazing mother figure and what it means with our relationship with God and what it means with the providence. So I just want to, you know, tip my hat to both of you because I'm, I'm grateful for both of you making space for that in your personal life and in your ministry. So I will continue with the speech a little bit here. So she, again, just reminding her last comment here is about climate change and how it's causing harm in all sorts of ways. And she continues, she says, if we continue in this manner, humanity will not have a future. That is, if our planet Earth doesn't have a future, then humanity won't either. We are now at the point where the blessed families of the worldwide unification movement, together with true parents on Earth, must solve all these difficult problems directly before it is too late. I have said that it is certain that the last days are upon us, that human history has reached its destination and that providential history has reached its final chapter. We cannot welcome a new day until these last days have been settled. There's a little bit of like an ominous feeling when you read that. In a lot of ways, I'm grateful, right? That we're being honest about how serious the time we're living in is. You know, my husband and I started to reread Mother's Memoir together a week ago, we started. And so we're we're reading the section on the Sunhawk Peace Prize, which is the very beginning of the book. And, you know, the Sunhawk Peace Prize is like, just one of those things the international headquarters does and you make the announcement and we have a big event and you never really know what it's all about. But as I'm reading it and I'm reading like the heart behind it and my husband and I are just like discussing about the winners of each of these Sunhawk Peace Prizes, it's pretty moving because we as a movement are finally putting our money where our mouth has been this whole time or where our heart has been there. We are giving money to substantial money to amazing people who are who are really making a difference in the world, you know, whether they're dealing with climate problems, whether they're dealing with hunger problems, or you know, all sorts of amazing topics. And I, I realized I was very comforted by this project because I feel like many of our generation have this frustration where we talk about the good ideals and we preach about it and we can put on a good show and all of that, but. What are we actually doing substantially to make a difference physically on earth has maybe been in question. But then I can turn very easily to Sunhawk Peace Prize and say, please check it out. You know, this is something to be really proud of. I mean, last year, this year, the winner of the Sunhawk Peace Prize 
had to do with the vaccine, you know? It's very practical. I think that was difficult for some of our elder members who struggle with vaccines and things like that. But I mean, mother's stamp is on it, right? So we have to change our mind. We have to think practically. I think it it just heals a lot of problems there that I think we've experienced maybe a one-sided point of view in our movement. So I just mentioned that because I feel like, yes, mother's talking about how we need to deal with the problems, but she's not just saying it, right? She's not just saying you members need to deal with it. She's making the space for it and she's leading the way with it. And it's it's kind of also like it opens up a door for us to consider our offering providentially much wider. I mean, we're all public church leaders, quote unquote here, but if you want to go save the earth, your mother just put her stamp on it that said, that's part of the providence right now. And if you're passionate about that, that is contributing just as much, right? This, If we all witness to everybody, that's not enough too. We also have to save the earth, right? I'm not discounting witnessing. We need to witness, but I'm just saying it's, I think it's really meaningful that mother's making the space to consider other offerings that really support God and the providence. Again, this for me goes back to the details. I remember Dr. Kim one time, this was early on, maybe in 2015, he came back from a meeting and he described the experience where mother was asking the leaders, what's the kingdom of heaven to you? What's China good to you? And they're all struggling. <laughs> in fact, she gave him a a, probably an A4 piece of paper, and she told him to draw it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this is mother. She's like, guys, it's not good enough to just talk about these ethereal ideas. We need to get real here. She was asking them, what kind of flowers do you want? What kind of earth do you want to have? Do you want one that's covered in microplastics and climate change? We're talking about getting hotter. Like they're good. America's going to turn to a desert and we're gonna, all going to go up to Canada. I mean, that, I feel like our dream isn't that. Our dream is to have a planet we're happy with. Not to mention, we're again, looking for these universal values. What's important? What's important is a world for my kids to grow up in. That's important to us, right? Can we agree on that? Let's work at it. Let's acknowledge those who are doing a good job. Somehow, peace prize. Yeah, this is a gift that we have to give to the world. That's crazy. I mean, it, it just—I I mean, it's just kind of cool because I'm thinking about like the whole what we've been doing locally is we've been creating, you know, vision like our vision for the future. We've been writing it like very vividly, like exactly what you want to see in the next, you know, by 2027. And we have a community vision, and we had all the members create their own personal visions. For like very specifically, like how many kids do you want? What kind of house do you want to live in? What kind of car do you want to drive? What kind of you know church do you want to have? What do you want? What kind of ministry do you want to be a part of? So yeah, that that kind of like getting down to the realness is yeah, I think it's, it's so important. And you know, I think it is kind of like a that's like the feminine aspect again. It's like you know, I, I think I've heard fathers say like men kind of represent heaven and women re- represent earth or something like that, right? And I think it's very true. Like all these ideas kind of come down from heaven and, and amen are kind of a little bit naturally, you know, charismatic and speakers and loud and proud, right? I'm not saying that women can't be that way, but, you know, it's just kind of there's a tendency to be that way. But then, yeah, like women are more detail oriented. They're more like on the earth. They're, they're actually, they, 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 
they want to create beauty and and they are beauty they are way more beautiful than you know in my opinion anyway than than guys um you know they're like substantial god's beauty like substantialized on the earth <laughs> and, and and men are kind of like an idea of god's beauty <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Anyway, this part also that like we're in the the final chapter of providential history. Also, it's an it's again, it's like sometimes we we hear those things, but like it doesn't come into our soul where we're like having this real heart of expectation of like something huge is going to happen in the next seven years. You know, sometimes like we hear, oh, North South Korea is supposed to happen in the next you know year or so, and we're just kind of like push that off as like an impossibility or an improbability. But like mother's saying, like, this is the final chapter, obviously amazing miracles happen, like in that final chapter, you know, that's kind of the way any good story happens is like the last battle is like the biggest epic battle. And all of a sudden, you know, um, you know, Gandalf comes with the, the Rohirrim and you know, saves, saves the day. And, you know, it's miraculous. And I'm totally I wasn't for a very long time, but right now I'm like totally expecting some huge miracle. And I think we're already seeing that. I mean, what happened in Japan and how that forced a restructuring of the Japanese church to me, that is a miracle. Like that's like something that came totally out of the blue. Like God had something change in a way that I feel so many of us have been praying about for so long, but felt so powerless to do anything about. And like, God just like made it happen. And, and mother made it happen, you know, through mother. Cause I heard she was a big part of kind of leading that restructuring of what's going on there. So there's a lot of joy in these sharings, which makes you really happy. And mother continues on in the speech about Peace Road. And she talks about visiting a Peace Road site in Korea. And then she really challenges the Korean leaders to really make peace road happen. And she's talking about from South Korea into North Korea, there should be a peace road. She does mention Pastor Barrett from Chicago area and how a street was named after him as an example. And she is talking very practically, like you guys should make peace road highways. They should be real peace roads. Let's make it really substantial. So again, to the point of being on earth, right? Very practical, no longer just talking about the vision and helping people understand, but she's pushing us to make peace roads substantially happen on earth. So she continues here. You must also have big dreams. It is up to you to educate this nation so that its people can fulfill and see the completion of their responsibility. There are many different religions, but the final destination for all of them is to meet true parents on earth. In so doing, they can fulfill their purpose and their dream. In order to stand before the Creator, our Heavenly Parent, as His children, fallen people must receive true parents' blessing that gives rebirth. Is that clear to you? Yes. You have such a great weapon, so why can't you use it? What prevents you from tearing down the doors to Christianity? The path humankind and religion must take is to meet Heavenly Parent. Most notably, the Korean people gave birth to the true parents and protected them. It has been 72 years since the start of the Korean War, which some of you may have experienced. How was it that a global UN-backed military force could help when the Korean people were divided into two factions fighting each other? I'll pause here 
I think a few things come up for me recently. Mother is talking about this point that all religions are at the final destination. And I love this idea that I love a broad view of religious history that, you know, in UTS, I took two world religions classes and, you know, you, you see how God is working in each of those areas to kind of combat the limitations of another religion or another culture. And a lot of it came out of the frustration, right. Of like, this is too narrow and I need, this needs to be made. Right. And that's why we also have so many different, you know, factions of Christianity. So there's, there's bad parts to it too. But instead, the way I like to look at it is like God has been working through different vehicles, but they're all moving towards the same destination. And that's right now. And so the beauty of that is, you know, you don't discard any of that. You don't say none of that was valuable. You say, absolutely, God is working through Muhammad. God is working through Buddha, you know, everything. We recognize it all. But now we've brought our cars into this, this place, this, this palace for God that we're all supposed to live in. And we need to bring our bags with us, right? And help beautify the inside of this building or whatever analogy you want to use. And I'm, I feel grateful for that because I feel um, a lot of hope because we as a movement, as a unificationist movement, have a lot to learn from other churches. I'm sure both of you are pastors, so you know what I mean. And I know you're working on really great church services, but that has not been the greatest selling point of our church communities. And they're both nodding. You guys can't see it, but they understand. Oftentimes my my family and I visit a Christian church because the music is awesome. The spirit is awesome. Their Sunday school is awesome. You know, there's a lot to offer for my family. So there's a lot we can learn from other people. At the same time, mother here is she uses the word weapon in the, in the speech it's used in quotations. So we have this weapon, which means, you know, our understanding of who heavenly parent is and our true parents and the blessing we have that. So why are we not using that to break down the doors to Christianity? That's quite a vivid statement there. Right after that, she's talking about how, how miraculous it was that true parents were, were protected and Korea was protected that basically the whole world came to the rescue of South Korea or to the Korean peninsula through the United Nations. And I mean, it is an incredible story, this tiny, tiny, tiny country, right, that wasn't on the radar for anybody. And in fact, one of the reasons North Korea invaded South Korea at that time is because the United States made a statement publicly that Korea wasn't on its radar. It's, it's, it wasn't thinking about this as part of its efforts after the war. And so because of that, North Korea thought, oh, yeah, OK, South Korea is up for grabs. It's our turn now. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the whole world came to this tiny country, right, to support and try to, to fight back the communist forces of the North. So it it's a testament to how important the Korean Peninsula uh, is. And as we as unificationists, we understand that that had everything to do with true parents, the birth of true parents on this peninsula and that the world needed to come to save them. What would have happened if father died in that in that camp, right? The providence, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, but it didn't because, you know, heaven worked through the world, pulled off some miracles to save his life and mother could, you know, be protected through her family and everything. So it's, you know, it's like an epic story. There's so much to uncover there. And when you have that rooted and like grounded in yourself, like you were talking about, Justin, really like breathing that and knowing the time we live in, 
then you feel empowered. Then you feel like you have a weapon. Then you feel like you can knock down the doors. But it takes so much effort to live in that space. Yeah, I love loved a lot what you shared, Kayla, and also from this reading. Um, yeah, one thing that came to my mind is life can either be filled with miracles or have no miracles. Like it's a choice that we make. <laughs> everything can be a miracle or everything can not be a miracle. You know, one of the things that uh, we've been doing in the community, actually the past 38 days, we're doing a 40-day condition. We meet on Zoom every single morning and we ask a question, what miracle did you experience this week in the past few days? Like, like share a miracle. Um, and we get into breakouts and everybody is kind of forced to share a miracle. <laughs> you know? But it's amazing what that does to the mindset of people is that when you know that you've got to share a miracle, you spend your whole day looking for miracles. And that's what I realized is like every single day, I'm looking for the miracles that are happening in my life now. And I'm seeing them all over the place. A younger version of myself might've heard what you said and say, well, that was just a coincidence that, you know, the war happened during that time. And all this stuff is just coincidence. And it was just like good timing, you know, but from this mindset of like miracles are real and God is actually working, like it's incredible to see how God is working and God has worked throughout history and providence history and true parents' life. And then the second point about like religions, these different religions, that's always been a point about our, our faith that I've really taken a lot of pride in, although I feel we don't necessarily live that understanding very well. I, I was at a, I was a, speaking at a prayer breakfast a few weeks ago. One of the pastors there was kind of scolding people for not having their Bibles. He's like, you don't have your, like, you don't have your Bibles, like you're not a true Christian, something like that. And I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have my Bible, but I went up there and I, I said, you know, people think the Bible is a book, but the Bible is not a book. The Bible is the words in the book. And even more important than the words in the book is the heart behind the words. It's like we use our words to express something that is internal, that is like emotional, that doesn't have words to express, but we, we use words as tools to express what's going on inside of our heart, right? And the same way, there's a heart of God and God expresses that heart through words and, and through language that each person can understand in their own way. And that's, that's kind of how all these religions got developed depending on the culture. Um, even divine principle says this is an expression of the truth, right? It's, it's saying this is not the truth. This is just an expression of the truth. These are words that is trying to express the heart of God. But ultimately, we have to go beyond the, the, the physical books. We have to go beyond the words, and we have to eventually get to the heart of God. And when it says, you know, the destination for all is to meet true parents, I think the reason for that is because true parents are the manifestation of the heart of God substantially on the earth. And so ultimately, we need to substantially connect with true parents, like all people have to connect to true parents, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that all people have to convert, or all people have to become uh, unificationists, but it just means that we all have to, in some way, whether it's directly or through another person, another person, and 10 people have points of connection, but eventually every single person has to be connected to that heart of true parents, which is manifesting the heart of God. Sorry, a little sermon there, but uh, I got it. I got excited. You do have two pastors. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, about to, I was thinking the same thing. We are pastors, so please forgive us. <laughs> so either everybody has to be unificationist, and we expand that definition, or we allow people to be in their religions and allow them to seek a higher truth forever. I think the latter makes sense to me. You know, I, I've 
I found this word, convergence. If everyone from whatever walk of life or however you grew up, you were seeking truth your entire life. I would say truth and practice. If you seek the truth and practice your entire life, we'll all meet in the same place eventually. I, I truly believe that. And that, that even that belief is something to pursue, you know? And then I went into the divine principle and saw the word convergence, you know, being used in there. I was like, what the, you know? Even the divine principle, right? It is the exposition of the divine principle. So we need to put it into practice and become the word and test it and, 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 and expand on it, uh, you know, create spectrums of, of practices that create a better world ultimately. Uh, so that, that's, that's what I believe in. The way I like to put it is that the world, we've lost our mind and we're losing our body too. <laughs> But we've lost our mind, and I believe the religious, well, the spirit, uh, okay, we've lost our spirit, too. And I say that the religion's pursuit is to find that, that spirit. Where is our soul? <laughs> we've forgotten. I'm telling you, there's money to be made on this story. You know, whoever decides, whoever gets to write the, you know, write the script for this movie is going to be very wealthy. Because <laughs> I know also our members will buy 430 copies of it right away, too. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the ultimate love story where we find our soul, we find our mind, and we find our body. This, this great nightmare, amnesia, and we find ourselves again. And that's a journey each, and it was the journey every single one of us gets to, you know, gets to ride on. Because there's as many people as there are religions. I appreciate religion. Why? Because at least there's some kind of, some agreement among groups of people. So you can have leaders that can talk to each other and help make expedite that path a little bit faster otherwise it'd be impossible to try to you know <laughs> talk about truth when we don't even have the same vocabulary i appreciate the maturity the mother has to see it this way in korea this sad little nation that was chosen to be the the the, the battle line and i feel i feel for these these leaders too that mother's talking to like what's wrong with you go to christianity it's like geez you know, Korea has a history of being saved by other nations. And so I think in, in, in the same way, they're looking for, where's the UN? <laughs> and honestly, America, we started the UN. It, it kind of points back to the US. Uh, so this message, it points right to me as an American. If there's anything going on in the world, it's because I've stuck my, I've stuck my head in the sand. Yeah, I'm intrigued by your question about what does it look like to bring the world together, all the different religions together, even to your story earlier, if I had to draw a picture of it, right? Like, what does it practically look like? I also notice this phenomena amongst our generation, broadly amongst our generation, that we're kind of, you know, getting away from religion and looking more for truth or looking for the unique truth, speak your truth. What's true for you is true. And I, I think that's, it's like resonating with the ideal of how it should be. Like you said, Milhan, as many people as there are, there are that many religions. And I love that idea, but we're in a challenging time period where like, we're almost ready for that. Right. But we haven't fulfilled certain conditions where we've restored the world enough where now we have the freedom to just trust whatever comes, right? And, and that's not to discount the heart, the way that God speaks to you uniquely. I think we all have different understandings and callings from God, and that should be honored. But I, I struggle with it, like personally, I struggle with 
too much restriction on religion and the rules. Even, you know, our church guys is super Korean and I'm super American and attendance and all that stuff. (laughs) I struggle with a lot. I've made my way and I've worked through a lot of it, but I think it's because I I resonate with the ideal of me and God and my relationship with God and how I express that, you know? So I love that more and more our church is understanding how much nature is a part of God. So going on a walk can be just as meaningful as listening to a sermon, right? There's different ways to experience God. There's still some stuff we have to do. So we still need religion. One day we're going to outgrow it, right? And just have our families and our communities But for now, we still kind of need the pathway that keeps us on the right track, moving in the right direction. But I I, I love that what I see with second generation and, and, and those of us who are raising our families in the church is that the path is becoming more wide. It's it's not as narrow as it used to be. And it's more welcoming and it's round and it's not, you know, perfectly like a box or whatever it is. It's it gives me hope because that's the kind of environment I want to raise my children in, which is which is wide and and allows them to kind of express how God comes to them in their unique way, and that that's welcome just as much as the traditional things that we have been raised in in our church is. Well, mothers talk about Christianity here, and I feel for Christianity too because we're knocking on their door. Clearly, we haven't figured out how to do our own church, and here we are telling them, you know, we we know better than you. We don't. We try not to come across that way, but let's face it: the fact that uh, we feel it's okay to walk into someone else's church and have something to say, and this. And so this is where me and Pastor Justin feel. I think our approach is a little bit different. We need to make church in the ideal, so-called way. I think one thing that second gen are gifted with is we're allergic to hypocrisy. Like we have a reaction to hypocrisy where we can't stand being around. Now, some, some people like me, I can, I can stand it. I'm definitely a hypocrite too, <laughs> you know, but we have to create that church that, so, we, so we can help Christianity in what they're trying to do. And I know me and Pastor Justin feel very passionate about this. It's not enough to just bring people together. We have to show, show the example. I'm, well, this is why I'm excited for what we're doing in New York. I think we have a chance to, to create that. And I, the competition is this. Is, is having a, a spiritual experience with God and your family, is that better than so-called secular world? Or we have to make it better, make it more fulfilling, more meaningful. I just want to say one last point about this. What would it look like kind of moving to the future? I feel that we're, we will, we're going to let go of a lot of the theology and dogma, but what we're going to, what's going to remain is the values. I feel like values are what unite people. Like the value of, you know, unconditional love, honesty, truth, transparency. These are not theological concepts. They're, they're values that express themselves in behavior and people. I, I value unconditional love as something that is dearly important to me and that impacts the way that I treat my family, my, my spouse, my, my congregation, members in my community. I feel it's when values become more important than our beliefs or theology, that is when there's going to be this massive shift in the world. And I feel like that's actually what's going on now. We're seeing that kind of shift happen because young people are just not interested in theology or dogma or these kind of rules, like put people into boxes and, and you know, if they get out of that box, then they're, they're going to hell. Young people are just not interested in that. And so naturally, 
churches that are that way, I think, are declining um, in their membership and their tithing in all sorts of ways. But churches that really emphasize values, at least what I'm seeing, at least in Belvedere, is like that's we 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 defined our core values and we started to really transform the way we do service to match these core values. And we've seen like huge increases in our attendance, like week after week for the past. I mean, we we only have six weeks of like data to to go by, but it's been consistently increasing every single week. And that's really exciting to me. So yeah, that's a little, little prophecy is uh, we're heading into a new era where (laughs) values will, will trump our theology and beliefs. It always strikes me the whole UPF talks about universally shared values. I feel that's beautiful, but we have to define what those values are. We're not clear on that. And if we can get really clear on that, I think that'll be a huge difference. Yeah, I love that idea and that vision. And I think it is exciting for our generation that the values trump theology, because I, as we're realizing with mother, there's more to be revealed, right? So the theology needs to evolve and we're going to continue learning more about who God is and the providence. If we're too stuck, then we're going to miss out on so much more treasure that's out there. In the interest of time, I'm going to read the last few paragraphs of this speech. You know, mother earlier here, she talks about Jesus, what the situation was when Jesus was alive and that God couldn't give up on human beings, sent Jesus, but the people couldn't understand Jesus. And she talks about the indemnity course after that. And then she really challenges the Korean leaders about how serious that is for Korea. If Korea doesn't step up and fulfills responsibility, then they have to walk a course of indemnity. It's quite a stern warning, but I do want to get to the last few paragraphs here so we can close out together. Mother says, Heaven has been waiting for this day for 6,000 years. You need to be aware of this. This nation must attend Heavenly Parent and fulfill its responsibility while true parents are on earth. The responsibility of this nation is to realize a heavenly unified Korea a heavenly unified Korea. I shared one of Aesop's fables with the leaders yesterday. I spoke about how when a boy played the flute, animals would come out and dance. This will naturally happen as we move forward, attending true parents substantially, for heavenly parent will dwell with us. As heaven dwells with you, as you live in attendance of true parents, groups of good people will gather around you. Do you understand? If you who are in this position, blessed by heaven, are unable to fulfill your responsibilities, you will become ancestors who cannot hold their heads up. That should not happen, of course, right? My sincere hope is that one day you will all stand tall as proud Chanoguk leaders, Chenbo families, and Chanoguk citizens in front of the Korean people and diverse nations of this world. Adieu. There's a lot to unpack in those three paragraphs that I just read through. I think the point that I want to highlight here is the fable that Mother speaks about. It makes me so happy to have that image in my head. Like, I can't explain it, but she says, when a boy plays the flute, the animals would come out and dance. And she's saying the same thing will happen for us, because if we like you're talking about, right? Build the communities, build the families that are beautiful, naturally attractive. We make that music, then the good people will be drawn to us because God will be living with us. And I am just so comforted by that. I'm inspired by that. And I have hope because of that. 
And I, I think that's been the challenge for our generation in, you know, taking on leadership is that our parents walked a really difficult course. And, you know, I recently watched the Women's Fed 30th anniversary program they had where they were telling stories about, you know, the last 30 years and all that they've done. And a lot was about the Japanese sisters, too, and how much they sacrificed. And, you know, my heart aches for that, honestly, when I hear it. Like, I, I feel such a sadness that those moms had to give up their families and leave their husbands for time periods but they did it because they understood where they were heading. And so like, I honor that, but at the same time, I am so deeply grateful that I don't have to do that, that that's not my course to walk. It's a bittersweet feeling for me, right? So the idea that mother here is giving us permission and honoring the idea of, yes, build your beautiful family. Yes, build a great marriage and raise happy children and build a beautiful church because that's what's going to attract people just makes me feel so satisfied and healed also with some of the things that maybe I was holding on to the past. So I'm so grateful for mother making space for that and honoring that as a huge contribution to the providence that my family can be a part of it, right? It's equally important. I don't leave them behind, but I go with them to build the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, I, I, I main point that stuck out to me was also the fable, Aesop's fable. Like when, when I read this the first time, like it was kind of surreal because I felt like it was describing my life for the past like month. I, and I didn't think about it. But when I when I heard about like even like ideas of like animals would come out, I said this to somebody like a week ago, like I'm seeing so many deer these days. <laughs> like I'm, I'm literally like seeing deer all the time. Like, there's literally deer in my backyard every night. I, I when I pull in the car, there's deer like sleeping in my backyard. There's there's like 20 deer just in like my cul-de-sac. And <laughs> it's like, what's going on with the deer population? Like people are not hunting anymore or something, but it's kind of crazy. And it's part of, about groups of good people will gather around you. Like I feel like I'm really experiencing that now, like working together with Pastor Milhan, with you, Kayla, with all these righteous young people, like coming out of the coming out of the forest, getting out of the sidelines, coming into the center and gathering together to work together, like really, really good people. Like that's what I've been experiencing, just like really, really good people wanting to work together. And not just even within our movement, but like recently we found like we found some really, really good Christian pastors who literally we've been texting every single day for the past two weeks, like just fellowshipping together and talking about plans to do this and that. And just incredible how real that is. Um, in the age that we're living in right now. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that's experiencing that, you know, if we really kind of look and see, like, is that happening? And I feel like a lot of people maybe are just not aware of it. But if we really look at our lives, I feel like that's actually happening to a lot of people. It's like seeing how God is working. I also am drawn to this Aesop's fable. This, I feel like mother's trying to give us her eyes. Please see what I see. I see so much joy and happiness. If we can just dream a little bit more clearly, uh, we can have it all. We can have the families and the animals all dancing around. <laughs> this is like your, your, uh, um, your typical like princess <laughs> yeah. dream, right? <laughs> With that, all the, the birds are, with Cinderella, they're helping her mend this dress so that she can live her dream and you know be with the love of her life and family. And, and honestly, this is mother's story, you know. And this kind of 
helps us illustrate what the only begotten daughter is. This is, this is God's little princess who has the mind of a governess of, a, of the world. You know, someone who has the detail in the heart and, and the vision that can engulf all visions into one. That's what this is all about. And this is her story. And not that many speeches either. I feel like we, you know, relatively speaking, you know, whenever, whenever somebody says 6,000 years, you know what they're saying? They're saying, we've waited too long. There's been too much. This needs to end. This pain and, and confusion needs to stop. We need to, we need to know that there are children who are hurting because of our ignorance and let's seek the truth. Let's seek better understanding. Yeah. I love all that. Thank you, Milhan. How about what are your, after reading this speech and anything else that's coming up for you on this topic, what do you feel like is your words of wisdom to share with those that are listening today? This has been incredible. I really appreciate the invite, Kayle, and love being here with, uh, you know, my pastor, Milhan. And uh, yeah, I've never examined True Mother's words so deeply and closely in this way, like stopping after a couple of paragraphs to think about what do I actually think about this? And what am I feeling about this? I've never done that before. And that it's been really, really deep, like how much I can feel from just even a sentence from hearing a reflection from you, Kayla, or Pastor Milhan, like it makes me want to like really dig deeper into mother's words, um, especially, you know, since 2000, 2013, when she really took the, the leadership role in the movement. Like I really want to dig into those speeches and see what I'll find. So really grateful for this. And I think this is going to make a huge difference. Um, so yeah, thanks for making this happen, Kaylee. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, Justin. My takeaway is put on God goggles. Not Google goggles, but God goggles. That was a okay. serious dad joke, Bill. <laughs> Guess what? I'm a dad, so take it or leave it. You know? <laughs> we need to just see from God's point of view. Mother has a very, like, she's got, like, 2020 vision. God, I'm not trying to use these puns, okay? I'm just, I'm just trying to make a point here <laughs> that mother has a very clear vision that I think we all can find something we're excited about and like you said it's 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 broad i mean it's broad but it's also specific if you're not into climate change then die don't worry about it man go pick something else you know and i feel like we have the freedom to do that now i'm excited and i love this podcast i think everyone should have a podcast everybody i mean i have a i have a i have a sermon every sunday so i don't i mean i although my podcast can be good too but Kaylee, what you're doing, I think, is a great example. I think I hope more people can um, come in. Mm. That. Thanks, Milan. I appreciate that. Thanks. Well, it's been a great time chatting with both of you today about Mother's speech here, and I'm grateful for both of you in your own journey of discovering who a true mother is and and what her mission is at this time. Thanks also to all of those who are listening and supporting these great conversations.